This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Rick Siegmund. Rick Siegmund. He is stuck brick and mortar business. That is his focus. So congratulations, Rick. If you guys want to win 100 bucks every Monday on the show, in order to enter, simply subscribe to the show on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444. Coming up tomorrow morning, Top Tribe, it's another one. You're going to hear what we decide to do with Heyo and get a clue as to what we're going to be up to next. Okay, Top Tribe, good morning, good morning. We've got a guest on today I think you're really going to enjoy. His name is Jules Hill, and Jules was born in England, grew up in Mexico, and came to the U.S. for college. Even after taking a semester off to enlist in the USMC Reserve, Jules graduated early from the Kennan Flagler Business School, after which he dedicated two years of venture back to a venture-backed startup Cellbreaker as COO. Jules, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, sir. All right. So let's do this. First things first, thanks for your service. Appreciate that. Let's get into let's get into Cellbreaker for a bit. So you graduated school. How much money had Cellbreaker raised, and why'd you join? Uh, not a lot when I joined. Cellbreaker had raised about fifty k uh, when I decided to kind of join full time. Um, Cellbreaker was my first experience in entrepreneurship. I was actually at an incubator in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, where as an mm-hmm. intern for the incubator and Cellbreaker came through the incubator and that's sort of how I got connected. That was while I was still in undergrad. Uh, and when I graduated, they had raised a little bit of money, like I mentioned, and uh, I decided to sort of take the dive and join them full time. So a lot of our listeners are always wondering, they're being pitched by venture back startups all the time to kind of join as an early founder or to join. And they sometimes jewels don't know how to think about it. So wh- what was the offer like? I mean, d- did you get equity in the business? How did they pay you if there's only 50K in the bank or did you take no pay? Uh, I did get equity. I did get pay. Um, it was not, you know, what, what everybody hears about graduating from you know one of the top five business schools in the country. Uh, seeing all my my friends and colleagues and classmates go off to get these offers, uh, it was definitely a tough decision. Um, but I think the the way I thought about it that really sort of I think was the best way to think about it for me was thinking what what's the worst that could happen, uh, and really thinking about the really thinking about the answer to that question, and then thinking what's the best that could happen, and really thinking about the answer to that question. Uh, and for me, uh, I just saw. I saw a lot of downside, obviously, but, you know, it was early enough in my career that I'm sure I could bounce back if things went wrong. And I saw a lot of upside uh, and, you know, being so, so how, young, how old are you now, Jules? I am 23. Okay, 23. And so, so, I mean, give us some perspective here. All your friends are going off probably on Wall Street or McKinsey or these big things getting maybe 80, 90, $100,000 or more offers. What did you sign on for? What was the, what was the salary like at Cellbreaker in the early, early days? I started off with around 20,000 a year. Um, and I had also just bought a house. (laughs) 
So the, the timing oh, wow. was very, uh, it was really down to the wire. I bought, a, I bought an old house as sort of an investment move as well. Um, but so I basically mm-hmm. took the least amount that I could take in order to, with the help of some of my savings, just sort of make it on a month to month basis. Uh, and so that's what that looks mm-hmm. like. So, yeah, certainly was, was not up to par with the, a lot of the offers that my, my classmates were getting. And, you know, you pretty much nailed it in the places they went, Boston Consultant Group, uh, you know, Wall Street. Yep. Well, I'm going to guess if you were taking a $20,000 salary and really risking risking pretty much everything, you had a substantial, I mean, you were basically a co-founder, right? I was considered a co-founder, yes. Um, we, I came on initially at 6% um, with the option to sort of, as the time went on, we, we had sort of set milestones for us to, to reach at which point I would be offered more or an increase in salary, basically open to discussion. I, uh, did, I knew did the founder, you guys hit any John of those Culkin. metrics? Sorry, what was that? Did you guys hit any of those metrics? We did. Uh, one of the big sort of milestones we reached was getting accepted into the 500 Startups program out in California. Um, that comes with a 100K investment as well. And uh, so at that point, we, we discussed, reevaluated, um, added, uh, uh, actually reduced my pay, <laughs> um, but added equity just in terms of or with the purpose of trying to get as much out of that program and that money as possible. Um, so that's what I, I ended up going out there really trying to save us money, being able to direct that money elsewhere in our business. Um, but taking more equity and, for it. And top tribe, if, if, if you want, uh, and Jules, I want to dive more into that in a second. If you want to learn more about the actual business of Cellbreaker, go back and listen to episode 131 with John Colgan, uh, who was in the business with Jules. Again, that's episode 131. I asked John in that episode, I said, can you help me supervise? I mean, big league. And John gave me a good answer. But Jules, it sounds like a fascinating business model. I have to ask you a question, though. You're 23. You're just coming out of school. You said you just bought a piece of property, I guess, as an investment, but also to live in. You're making less than 20K a year. Do you mind me asking? How, I mean, how are you supporting yourself? Um, as a reservist in the Marine Corps, uh, I do train throughout the year. So it's uh, about four days a month, um, plus a couple of weeks during the summer, plus additional duty that I can find. You know, if they have, uh, they have all sorts of stuff throughout the year that comes up and I sort of volunteer to do that, get a little bit of extra pay there. Um, I do rent out uh, a room in my house um, and also just through other stuff. I did some, uh, some just sort of Elance uh, graphic design work, website work, just sort of making ends meet wherever I could. How, how much will you make in a month? Would you say on like freelance graphic design stuff? Uh, it really depend on the month and what I needed to make that month, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but anywhere from 200 to a thousand, uh, depending on the month. And is the, is it, is that the same case for the, the rental, the, how much do you make from renting out a room in your house uh, each month? Uh, no, the rent is pretty steady. Um, it's about $600, but, um, I was considering still, I am considering moving to more of a using sort of a Airbnb, kind of playing the playing the field there seeing what i can get but i haven't done that yet okay so that's really how you supported yourself then cash flow wise and in, in terms of literally covering what you're eating where you're living like your basic expenses yeah. you've got the rental plus freelance work when you need it plus a little bit from cell breaker yeah i think diversifying your income is really a great way to stretch sort of how long you can survive um okay 
while focusing most so, of your so time. So you emailed. Yeah, you, you emailed me before the episode. You said, hey, Nathan, I, I have some news. And and that news was that you are no longer with Cellbreaker. So help help me understand, you know, again, this is going to be a valuable lesson. We have listeners right now that maybe have gone through an accelerator and they're going, oh, should I keep, you know, we're missing our metrics. Should I, should I stick with this business? I have a bunch of equity in it. Like, it feels like next month, everything's going to like turn around and do really well. I don't want to regret leaving. How did you make the decision and why did you decide to leave? Um. We didn't hit the milestones that I had expected. I had uh, set some pretty aggressive milestones. Um, we didn't hit them. Um, I had sort of, I had gained a lot from the experience of working with Cellbreaker. I, I really, you know, looking back now, I never would have uh, decided to do something else. I, I still think it was the right decision. Um, but at the point, I just felt that uh, we weren't experiencing the growth personally, um, that sort of, I needed the company to experience for me to keep working with them. Uh, you know, I got accustomed mm-hmm. to sort of a fast pace of growth, you know, things happening every single day and it started to slow down, uh, mostly not because of the, uh, mostly due to legal things. I mean, we started getting into, um, uh, discussions with, with legal teams from other companies and, I don't think at all that those things aren't going to get resolved. Um, but it just, it slowed down the pace for me and there are still people working. What, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? Like people want someone wanted to acquire you and you're talking to their legal team or Verizon's legal team? Uh, sort of all of the above, to be honest, we were talking with, uh, cell phone carriers. We we're talking with partners about, you know, uh, mergers, acquisitions, that kind of stuff. We we're talking with investors and it, it, I couldn't just keep progressing at the pace that I wanted to progress because we had to sort of hold the reins in and say, you know, we need to focus on this. We need to focus on this. We need to, you know, we can't do this because we might be working with this partner or we can't do this because. Oh, I see. So um, there's still people resolving these things now, you know, talks are still growing strong. And I understand that that's, that's a part of pretty much every startup. I mean, you get to that point. Um, That's, I guess, just not the point that I wanted to, that's not the part of it that appeals to me for some people that is that's what you strive for you strive to get there and then once those talks start you know people get really excited and 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 that's what they're aiming for but for me it was more about just building and growing and and once uh i was sort of prohibited from doing that i decided hey you know time to to look elsewhere but uh you know so so how much equity do you still have do you have in the business um Yeah, well, I guess I still have about 1%, I think is uh, roughly what I have, uh, if I recall correctly. Wait, so what 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 happened? I thought you were I thought you were issued 6%. Was it were they on a vesting schedule or it something and you left before? Yes. I see. I see. And okay, interesting. And and Top Tribe again, just so you know, understand vesting schedule. What that means is when you issue equity, especially as co-founders, uh, you can basically say, "Hey, you you know, you're going to get 10% equity, but you get this over I'm going to guess 4 years. That's probably the standard jewels. I bet you that's what what you guys probably had. Is that accurate?" Yeah, 4 4 year vesting yeah, and sometimes cliff, even a 1 year cliff. Yeah. Yeah, so that's great. what I hit. So so that's why yeah, I see. I see. That makes sense. So, Jules, tell us what you're focused on now. Now, I am focused on a company called Windsor Circle. It's a, a Durham-based startup, very close to where I live. So, it's part of the reason I joined. It's a 
increasing the value of this company also increases the value of my home, which, you know, kind of makes a double whammy, but, um, it's a pretty young startup. Uh, I was about the 70th, 75th employee or so. Um, and what we do is we help retailers, uh, grow their customer lifetime value and just increase customer retention. Okay, very cool. And what is your role there? Is it a COO role or, or are you kind of on the uh, development team? No, not quite. It's uh, actually step more into a uh, analytics role. I'm the analytics manager um, and the, the first analytics manager in the company. Um, so it's very, it's more technical than what I had been doing or, you know, than some of the stuff I had been doing. Less operational, more technical um, and, and just a lot of, a lot of looking at data. Are they, and are they venture backed? Yes, they are venture backed. How much have they raised? Uh, I can't say that right now. Oh, is it not public? Uh, I'm not. I don't know exactly. I've only been there a month, so I don't know what we're you know willing to disclose and what we aren't. So I'd rather just not comment. Oh, I see. I see. What is the what is does does a seventy fifth employee? I mean, do do you get equity in a company, or is it already too big? You don't get equity. I do get equity. Yes, and I'll be having. The- that discussion next week. Oh, very cool. So it's still a negotiation and, and hopefully you're making more than 20 grand. Yes, I'm making significantly more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I would have taken the position if not, but um, yeah, now I'm, I'm able to, uh, you know, it's still not as much as uh, perhaps I could have been making, but I think that still there's, there's a lot of upside uh, a lot of potential for upside with this company. It's still pretty young. I can see a lot of ways that the company could grow underneath me. Um, you know, starting out a little lower, but you know, over the next five, ten years, really shooting out ahead of uh, a lot of where my colleagues and peers may be at that point. Well, Jules, I love that attitude. You've got a great story. Before we get into my favorite part of the show, where can people connect with you personally online if they want to follow you? Um. Best place to be honest would probably be LinkedIn. Uh, if, if you want to connect with me or shoot me a message, um, that'd probably be the best place to do it. I'm not really big on as much as I analyze and look at social media and how important social media is to digital analytics managers. Uh, it's not something I partake in. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jules Hill on uh, LinkedIn is the best place if you want to reach out for any reason. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win 100 bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes. And then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Okay, guys, there you have it, Top Tribe. And we will link to all of Jules' information in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top 183. Again, forward slash the top 183. All right, Jules, it is my favorite part of the show. You know what's next? Uh, perhaps. Come on. <laughs> You're like, I have no idea. Dude, it's time for the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, the visual display of quantitative information, uh, by Tuft. It's not so much a business book, but I, I think it can definitely apply to every single business out there. Okay. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Uh, definitely Elon Musk. 
Elon Musk. Number three. No, go ahead. You you were saying he's really outstanding. What else? I'll just say his his ability to to do things based on first principle and not just on how they had been done in the past uh, just amazes me. And I sort of strive to be more like that. Super important points, Jules. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Evernote? Uh, one I find myself using often is uh, Google's Ngram viewer. Uh, I think it's really interesting viewing trends. Uh, I mean, the best place to view trends is Google, and that's sort of their tool for viewing trends. So uh, I think that's what really is it? Can you spell that? Ngram, just N G R A M. Uh, if you just Google that, you should be Got able it. to find it. Great. And we'll link to that again, guys, in the show notes. Number four, Jules, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? No. <laughs> How much do you get? Uh, probably a little. I mean, seven, six or seven, occasionally eight. Okay, pretty good. Okay, pretty good. Great. So last question, you're 23 years old now. Take us back to your 20-year-old self. What do you wish you knew? Um, that... It's you're always going to be able to make it work, I think, is the thing. I think don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid. You know, like I said before, ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? And really think about the answer, because I think you'll find more often than not, it's not actually that bad. You'll figure it out. Well, Top Tribe, there you have Jules Hill from Excel Breaker experience in 500 startups, now joining a fast-growing startup, making tough decisions along the way. Jules, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday. Okay, Top Tribe, if you like Jules today, go back and listen to yesterday's episode with Lila Zimmerman. She's 19 years old, in college, and has sales. The big question, will she drop out? <laughs>